0: Hi, friends. Welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word wherever you are and take away something to ponder. We live in a loud, busy world, and it can be hard to find time to get into God's Word. So I'm grateful for these few moments that you have taken to ponder the Book of Philippians with me. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is Episode 90. let me start today by asking you a question. How old are you? And when you think of your age, how do you feel? Now, I'm not aware of your age as you listen today, but whatever it is, may you feel blessed to be the age that you are. I'm in the age group that no one likes to check off box for. It's that one that gets the AARP emails and the senior discounts. And as I record this today, I'm closer to 60 than 55. And I'm learning to be okay with that. I mean, sometimes I even have to remind myself of my age because I don't feel like the 58-year-old that I am. And although I would love to have the physicality of my 30-year-old self, I am really grateful for the lessons I've learned and the insights I've gained. I mean, I've been living since the mid-1960s. Now, As we approach the section of verses at the end of chapter 2 today, I realized that Paul would have been in his mid to late 50s, like me. By this time, he had learned so much about leadership and mission work and churches and people, and he just wants to share his experiences and wisdom with them. And in this, he values mentorship. When we look at Paul's ministry, we see that he often had a younger disciple with him. In his first journey, Paul had a falling out over a young disciple named John Mark. This rift separated him from his missionary partner Barnabas, and they were separated for a season as they dealt with the conflict over this young man. But that doesn't stop Paul. Me maybe with the example of Barnabas and the help of Silas, Paul continued, to invest in a young, <clears throat> Paul continued to invest in another young man, Timothy. Now, in verse 19 of chapter 2, Paul writes, If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you're getting along. Timothy was from the city of Lystra and he became a Christ follower during Paul's first missionary journey. Interestingly, he was both a Jew and a Greek, being raised by a godly Jewish mother and grandmother while having a Greek father. He traveled with Paul during his second and third missionary journeys. And as we see here, he is with Paul while he's in prison, writing letters to the churches that Timothy would have helped be a part of. Now, later... Paul would write First and Second Timothy. These are also in our scripture and they are called the pastoral letters as he helps Timothy as he leads the church in Ephesus. Through those letters, we discover that Tim had a rather timid, reserved nature and he struggled with those that felt he was too young for his leadership position. We don't know his age, but if you've ever been a young leader, you might understand this chip on his shoulder. So with that in mind, listen to verses 19 to 24. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you were getting along. I have no one else like Timothy, who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But... You know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what's going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Paul goes on to speak of another person with him, a friend from Philippi. So we'll continue in verse 25. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Ephroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I'm sending him because he's been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me, so that I would not have one more sorrow after another. So, I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve, for he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't from far away. Two men that had been by Paul's side as he sat in prison. He shares incredible words of praise for a man that had become close like a brother, even through terrible sickness. He was a co-worker, fellow soldier, messenger, and servant. Ephroditus will be sent back home to his people in church with honor and great joy. And then glowing words and recommendation for Timothy. Paul speaks of him as a son, serving with him like no one else, proving his love for Christ and the church, he points out that rather than just think of himself like most young people, Timothy genuinely cared for them. Thus, Paul's desire to send him to that church so he could encourage them and pull things together and then return with good news. Now, between these two guys, we're going to focus on Timothy today. And we know a bit of his struggle. So as he heard these words from Timothy, Paul about how he had proven himself. I wonder how he felt. When you're given words of praise or encouragement, how do you feel? Do you deflect them or receive them? Maybe your answer depends on who is giving that encouragement or praise. I know, mine can. I've mentored, coached, And walked alongside many young people over the years as they sought to discover what God had for them in their lives. And like Paul, I've encountered so many that have a belief that is limiting them in some way. I can just see Paul here writing these words as a way to remind Timothy of who he was in Christ and remind Timothy of how Paul saw him in order to help him get past his age to the purpose that God had for him pastor. It's so hard to get past a limiting belief, which is just something that limits you because you believe it about yourself. As in, I'm too young to be a pastor. This could hold him back and limit him because he believed that he was too young rather than in what God was telling him about himself. I mean, these beliefs limit us mostly because we don't see them. We just live them until someone points it out in love and reminds us of a truth we probably already know but didn't really think it applied to us. Timothy probably wouldn't have told anyone else they were too young to do what God had called them to do. He just believed that about himself, and that could limit him if he continued in that belief. So as I continue, I want you to be processing for yourself. Do I have a belief that is limiting me. Maybe you think you're too old or too young. Maybe you think your past actions limit who you can become. Maybe it's your gender, like girls can't do that, or that isn't what a man does. Maybe it's your finances. It isn't until you face the lie and call it out and accept the real truth that you can move forward in it. Recently, I was with a group of ladies that had me in awe of all they were accomplishing. And after a conversation, one said to me, I love your wisdom. My internal reaction was, me? Wise? And I thought about her simple comment over the next few days. Honestly, weeks. I asked myself, why did that hit me so deeply? Why was my first reaction, I am not wise. Yet, with some reflection, I realized that her words spoke to a deep part of me that was beginning to believe that all my experiences didn't really have value anymore, that I was irrelevant, I was falling to the limiting belief that my age and experience were a detriment rather than an asset, and this was affecting my work and how I saw myself and even my ability to dream of a future. Her simple statement reminded me that there are so many people that have experiences and insights to share and learn from if we'd only listen. But it requires humility, being teachable, valuing the insights of others, and Honestly, those things aren't high on the list in our independent culture. My experiences have brought me wisdom and insights, and whether that's valued by others or not doesn't determine my relevance. So I had to face that lie that says I've aged out and remember the truth that my years of walking with God and working on myself, well, they have brought me wisdom And I can move forward knowing that God can use me no matter my age or position, not out of pride, but out of being grateful that I can help someone else walk in areas that I have walked before. We have no idea what brought on this belief in Timothy, but Paul tells him in his letter, 1 Timothy 4, he says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. In other words, live into who you are. John Mark had jumped ship and gone his own way, while Timothy had been steadfast and willing, proving himself to be trustworthy, and after all their time together, Paul loved him like a son. And as his mentor, Paul was speaking truth into Timothy as he encouraged the church to follow him. Timothy was there when Paul wrote the words, I can do all things through Christ and the words, I've learned to be content. And when Timothy finally believed in who God made him to be, no matter his age, he moved forward. This section of verses is full of so many things, isn't it? For those of us that have lived a while Speaking encouragement and guidance into those we influence is so needed and powerful. Bless your grandchildren. Speak affirmations into your kids. Encourage those you lead. Look for those moments of fear and limit and point toward truth. Whether you're in your 20s or your 80s, there is someone behind you that can learn from you if you're willing to share your life with them. And second, We all need mentors. I'm not sure if we ever outgrow the need for the wisdom of someone older to encourage us through their experiences. And to be clear, this isn't necessarily age, but it's experience in an area that is more than your experience in that area. There is a wealth of knowledge and perspective to gain if we just seek it out. A mentor or coach can help us see where we're limiting ourselves because of a lie that has found root in our hearts. I am forever grateful for the mentors and coaches in my life. As we close today, it's helpful for us to remember that Jesus didn't succeed with every disciple, and neither did Paul. So I won't either, and neither will you. There will be moments when those we have poured into our children or students or mentees, interns, our staff, those we lead, they'll decide to go their own way. It's hard and defeating and painful, but it didn't stop Jesus or Paul from continuing to pour into those that stayed. So we should do the same. In fact, John, Mark, and Paul do reconcile their relationship in his later years. And if you have suffered from a broken relationship with someone that you have mentored or raised, may the story of John, Mark, bring you hope. Dear one, when you next hear a compliment or encouragement, take it in. Allow your heart to hear the blessing within the words and receive them. You are a worthy child of God with gifts and talents that glorify Him when you use them. And it's okay for others to tell you that they see it. You are valued just because you are His. Just because you are you brings Him joy. And no matter your age, position, gender, skills, health, or finances, you are loved amen